Welcome to Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer, where cancer survivors, caregivers, and others touched by cancer share their stories. The Max Mallory Foundation presents this podcast in honor and memory of Max Mallory, who died at age 22 from testicular cancer. I'm your host, Joyce Lofstrom, a young adult and adult cancer survivor, and Max's mom. Thanks for joining me today. This is Joyce, and my guest with us is Travis Garski, and Travis is a testicular cancer survivor, and he also knew my son Max through college, so just kind of that connection there as well. And so I want to just start, Travis, and first say thank you for taking the time to join me today, and then just kind of talk about your cancer journey, what happened, and just what happened and when. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. So back in the beginning of 2019, I was actually, it's it's interesting. I had this pain in my left testicle for a while and I was coming to conclusions about like everything else, but what I feared it would be. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it's just kind of like a human nature sort of thing to do. You don't, you kind of want to, you don't want to expect the worst, but after about a, a few weeks of just pain and actually growth, it was like an inflammation around my left testicle. It, it got so unbearable that I decided that, hey, this doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. It actually feels like it's getting worse, so I should go get it checked out. And this is actually right right after I went on vacation to Colorado. I, I'm an avid snowboarder, so I went out there to snowboard by myself. But even like sitting down and like go, going down the hill or the the mountain it was just too painful so immediately when i got back in january i decided to go see a just just a primary care to to see you know what what i should do next no inclination that it was cancer at that time i i still thought it was something like maybe like some sort of STI or something. I was seeing somebody at sure. the time. So yeah, yeah you, you really don't know. And and at least like even STI is, seems like it would be better than <laughs> what it really, really was, you know? So yeah, I went to go see a, a primary care doctor and it's kind of a blur <laughs> about all yeah. that because it, it all happens at once. You probably know this, you know, better than anyone is like the whole experience of going through cancer just becomes one lumped you know, part of your life. So yeah, I got the news in, in kind of a unorthodox way. It, it kind of felt like the doctor was like, this was the first time they ever told somebody that they had cancer. And it kind of felt like this is my moment moment sort of situation, right? Um, right. which I didn't appreciate because it's, it's somebody's life that you're like, even though it's, it's a very good outcome for most people with testicular cancer, it's 97% survival rate in terms of the type of cancer I had, it was still a very strange way of presenting it. But once I got to see my urologist, which is the person that specializes in and actually did the, the orchiectomy on me, the, re- the removal of the testicle, that's when it kind of sunk in. I sat down with him with my brother. My brother actually came with me because we got a random call one day after getting an ultrasound on my, my scrotum that they're like, you, you need to come in. We need to talk. And at that point, it's like I was starting to get anxiety. I knew something was going on, and my brother did too. So he came with me, and we sat down with my urologist. And, and that's when I got the actual like confirmation that, hey, this is a non-seminoma. I think it was stage two 
testicular cancer, the staging as as like mainstream as staging is, it doesn't really tell the whole story on like whether it's survivable or not. There's stage four cancer survivors out there plenty. It, it just, you know, staging is just how far it's spread into your other organs. So, you know, I think what you say is interesting because I know and you were, you talked, you went to a, you know, your primary care physician first and we had a similar experience in, in the ER department, and it, it's not until you get to a specialist that can really explain it and, and help you with it. So I'm glad that you were able to get to that person, your urologist. So And it seemed like they were more practiced, and, and like I think that's very important And when you're relaying that information to another human being. I know it takes time to get that practice of like releasing that news, but there's a certain way of releasing that news. And and I think, I just feel like that person just has done it enough and kind of knows the human emotion, kind of like what people go through when they first hear it. And, and he left the room and let us, you know, cry it out a little bit. And he kind of knew exactly how it was going to go. So that made me feel better being in his care. Of course. And I know with Max, they said, well, you have cancer. It's spread all over and you're going to be here for a long time. And I just thought, really? I mean, there's that's not the way to explain it, as you're saying. So it does take practice. And so anyway, so now you have the diagnosis. What happened next? Immediately, we went into action because being somewhat of a kind of like a technical scientific mind myself, I like reading scientific journals. I like learning up on things. And like if, if there's like a specific specialty i like to take in all the knowledge i can so especially when it's in your own body you're like okay this is actually happening happening in me right now i might as well kind of learn the ins and outs of it and i knew that we, we just had to take action right away and full disclosure i actually used to work at a lung cancer nonprofit, so i already had the i think that alone kind of helped save my life because that alone gave me the knowledge of you know surgery it, most people don't know surgery is the the top procedure for getting rid of cancer. If you can find the the mass before it spreads and remove it, and you have the ability to do surgery, most people don't because it's on an organ that they can't really remove anyway. But if you have the ability to remove it, your chances of survival are significantly increased. So I know time was of the essence. So as weird as as was, I was like, let's chop this thing off and let's get get going. Like, you know, and they, they are like, well, that's the right attitude. You have to Time is of the essence. The stuff's moving inside of you, even though it's a little. Sl- I don't know. I think non-seminoma. I think they said was a quicker onset of, or, or a qu- quicker version of this type of cancer. But yeah, time was of the essence. So I quickly had the orchiectomy procedure. They they removed the testicle, and I did find out that it did spread into my lymph nodes in my abdomen. So at that point, I had a. They actually gave me the choice, which was nice as well. They said you can either go through nine weeks of chemo. And after that, decide if it's still there or not, then you can do surgery or you can go right for surgery and it gives you an even greater chance of removing the cancer. And I was like, what does surgery look like? And they said, we actually have to move the organs out of your, out of the way, make a huge incision on your stomach and take it out from the back of your spine. (laughs) I'm like, let's let's try chemo first then. And then we can try the more evasive procedure. And thankfully my chemotherapy saved my life. That's wonderful. So you didn't have to do this, the next surgery. No, no. And the it's, 
it's insane how this this series of events happened because right before I went to Colorado on that vacation, I had a really bad case of what are they called the stones kidney stones? stones yes I had a horrible case of it I actually like was able to make a small maraca out of how many <laughs> stones were in my kidney and they actually took a cat scan at that time and they were actually com- able to compare that cat scan to a later cat scan of where they saw the lymph node growing slightly there was a four four millimeter growth in that lymph node in my abdomen so they're like okay we know it's it's on its way up so we have to do this much chemotherapy it's it's funny the more information that these doctors have the better the kind of the better the plan that they're able to make so it, it really worked out for the best for me Right, and that patient data that you have, being being able to compare those two scans is is really really important. So, it, mm-hmm. even though those kidney stones are very painful, it was good that you had that. So, yeah, yep, and and I think there's a there's a that just goes to show that maybe this sort of scan technology that we have is should be like a proper routine thing that humans have to go through like we like we have the technology i think it's something that we should actually just start making into a routine you know every year you do one scan of your body i I know there's there's issues with radiation and things like that especially with like cat scans and stuff they're like flowing radiation through you and stuff but there's also mris that are less likely to cause complications so i think that's an important thing that people should start looking into more I don't know really where it starts or where it ends in terms of, you know, policy and insurance and all that stuff. But I think it is, it should be a normal thing that we have to go through just to make sure that we're healthy all around. I agree. I think in two of the MRIs, as you said, there's not the exposure to radiation. And so it's, it's something to think about because we do have the technology and probably help save your life or at least avoid unnecessary surgery. So, and like I said, time is of the essence. Like when, when you have time on your side, you have a better chance of survival and, I've actually been opting into MRIs more because one, you get less radiation, and two, I'm actually allergic to the the dye that they put in you for for CAT scans. But I just think MRIs just give you a, a better picture of what's going on inside your body. So I've actually just opted into it, even though it's more expensive. I think it's just a an investment on your health and your well being. You know? No, I agree. I agree. I've had a few MRIs too. So it's 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 just a you know it's a picture that it's part of your medical record and you have it. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's long-term positive effect, I think. So, mm-hmm. um, so you, you had the nine weeks of chemo and then what happened? Were you ready to go then? Yeah, I actually, I worked right through my chemotherapy. I had a job that was reasonable enough to let me work from, from the place I was getting treatment. I was at the St. Luke's Vince Lombardi clinic on the the bottom floor of the of the hospital I had my laptop propped up some days i could crank away like tons of work some days I, it was just i was just too drained especially towards the end of the week i had a uh, so it was, it was three round or three weeks of different regimens so the first week i had all of the drugs that were in the cocktail and then i had two following weeks every monday of ble- bleomycin which is a pretty intense chemotherapy drug i think that's the one along with cisplatin that causes you to lose your ha- hair correct um, yep. yeah and it was intense but i was able to i i have a high pain tolerance so but even that 
it was really intense. Like the fatigue that you feel at the end of the day. I'm usually a happy go lucky guy. I love cracking jokes and my family could just see the toll it was taken on me. And that actually hurt me the most is, is seeing my family, like seeing me different, but uh, yeah, I got through it and that's why I'm here today. It, it, it is a brutal experience though. So it's, it's nothing to take lightly, but having a positive av- attitude through, throughout it all, which it, it does help to have a positive ad- attitude when your outlook and your prognosis is great. I can't imagine people that are told that it's terminal and what they have to go through and what, what goes through their minds. So regardless it's going to be an intense process so anyone listening to this that has to go through it just you know strap in and get ready (laughs) yeah good advice um what do you think was your biggest challenge during this process just my my biggest the thing i missed the most was sense of normalcy like everything is just being taken away from you like from your hair to some of the little freedoms that you get because when you're immunocompromised I, i can't imagine people going through chemotherapy right now where they absolutely can't go out and you have politicizing of of things that are benef- that help benefit and keep other people safe and from like that perspective as someone that was in probably kind of is still is immunocompromised it feels like all we want is a sense of normalcy in the end of the day you know like we have all these little things that are being stripped from us in order to survive albeit you know temporary but that was the biggest challenge is not being able to go out to eat in certain restaurants that I wanted to go to because I was afraid of their cleanliness or even being able to go on walks because I was so tired and fatigued and my muscles were just not up to par for going on walks. You know, I, I pushed through it because I knew it was healthy for me, but that, that was the thing I missed the most. I think not being able to see my friends at work, you know, there was a lot of things. Those connections that we have, I think, are so important. And you kind of mentioned, too, like taking a walk is something that is so normal and we we do take for granted. And I think that's an important point, Travis, about the sense of normalcy. I'm not sure everybody thinks about that in terms of cancer, but it is something that you you lose. You get it back, but it's challenging during that whole process. So. And I think it makes you, it definitely made me a stronger and I think a different person. There's a bit of an ego death when you go through something like this, even though, again, if even though my prognosis was great, it's still something that you, death is, is, is definitely on the top of my mind when I first got that diagnosis, because it was not something I was ready to cope with yet. Well, no, and you were, how old were you when you were diagnosed, if I can ask? I would have been 27, Okay, I think. 27. Yeah. Yeah, I, t- I turned. I think I turned twenty-seven in December twenty eighteen. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, you mentioned your family as being there with you. Did who who was your support group? You know, who helped you get through this? My mom, my dad, my younger brother, and my younger sister. And then I also had awesome group of friends and you know aunts and uncles that were able to sit with me through some of my my treatments and bring me care packages. I had friends from work. I actually had a GoFundMe that I had a surprising group of people contribute to, which I can't thank them enough. That helped me get through getting my deductible met so I can have everything covered for the rest of the year. So it all worked out great. And I, I had a huge support group that I didn't even know existed. And I kind of have created ties again since the last time I talked with them. So, you know, you mentioned 
the cost and the insurance. And I've talked to at least one other young man who went through what you have done. And he said the same thing about not knowing what insurance would cover. How are you going to take care of that expense? And then the other thing I'm wondering too, did you want, or was it hard to find other young men who had had this type of cancer just to talk to, or was that something of interest or I'm just interested in your opinion on that. It was something of interest to me, but like I mentioned, things were going so fast that I didn't even have time to, you know, stop. And I, I mean, I, I actually, I actually, uh, now that I think about, about it, I did go to like some forums and websites of, of discussions going on, but again, things are happening so fast that you kind of, you just focused on yourself at the moment. But I, I did find myself perusing on forums and, you know, testicular cancer nonprofit pages that have more information about like what type of cancer I had. And I always kept going back to that survival rate number. (laughs) I just kept looking at that and be like, okay, that makes me feel better. But also there's that 3% that doesn't make it. You think about that then, you know, it's at some point you kind of, you kind of got to distance yourself from that and just live your life day to day. Cause that's really what it's all about, you know? Well, yeah, and I think what's hard to remember, too, with cancer is that it's individual. So how you get through it and survive will be totally different than another person. So I think that's when you read the information online, that's hard to remember sometimes because it's just a statistic. And it's, you know. Yeah, there's other ailments in your body that you probably don't even know about, like blood pressure and things with your heart that the cause of cancer, a lot of people don't understand that people can die from a certain cause, like a heart attack while they're going through chemotherapy and they can mark that as being the cause of death is this, but it's also this, you know what I mean? Right. Right. So there could be things going inside your body that chemotherapy will augment or complicate, or just the cancer itself can augment or complicate. So there's a lot going through your mind and statistics really don't tell the whole picture all the time. That's true. I agree with that too. And it's, it's very individualized what happens. So, and I also like what you said about having a positive attitude. I know that just it makes a huge difference in life in general, but especially on a cancer journey. I, I think if you can, you the patient can achieve that. It's it really does help. It's hard some days, but it, it, I think it's really important to do that. And it's it's kind of eye opening because once your life is kind of shortened by that much, you start to do things a little differently, have a different outlook on on life. Like I mentioned, it's a little bit of ego death. You kind of like try to live in the moment instead of worrying about, I got to get this done in how many days or whatever, you know, it's, I'm kind of thankful that I went through that sort of suffering to get to where I'm at today. Cause I feel like now I'm more comfortable in my own skin and I'm, I know that I'm lucky enough to be able to live my rest of my life with that sort of outlook. So I'm, I'm really it's weird to say, but I'm kind of thankful I kind of went through what I did and kind of opened my eyes to the support I have around me and I kind of appreciate things more. I don't know if you see, saw any of that with Max, you know, during his his time, but I know he he already had an awesome outlook on life, I think. I, I hung out with him a couple times, especially at like gaming conventions and stuff, and he was he's basically doing what he wanted to do, which was awesome to see. It was kind of uh an inspiration. 
you know, that's he did have a, a positive attitude and he had plans, you know, as any young person would when you get out of school and or get to the job or career that you want. And I think, you know, we all thought everything would be fine and we would get through this and, and we were positive. So I think it's just life doesn't always work out what you, the way you think it is going to. But yeah, he did. Yeah, I think he also did a lot more research on the cancer he had than than we might have. We did, as parents, look, you know, try to understand because he had non-seminoma and he had 100% choriocarcinoma, which I've learned is very aggressive. And so, you know, it's just, I don't know what else to say, but yeah, I think the positive aspect of life. He definitely had that. And he loved those gaming conventions. I'm glad to know you were there too. He, I, I remember him talking about those. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the last time I saw him was Bit Bash in Chicago. And I think it was around 2018, 2017. It was right, yeah. right after, around right after college, I think. Yeah. Just knowing that he plan- has had plans and he was never able to kind of reach them kind of makes me feel that is also an inspiration. Like, you know, live your life, live on, and don't let cancer kind of hold you back. Cause it's, it's just, I, th- I saw it as kind of like uh, my prognosis is good. This is a sickness. I got to get through it and hopefully everything turns out in the end, but I'm going to keep living each day as if, you know, <laughs> anything yeah. could happen. And that's, yeah, that's a great attitude. As I said, in general, but it sounds like that's a great segue into my question about, well, if you, what can you tell us about what you're doing now, Travis? Just how's life? What are you doing? And I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, I got a new job now since I've, I last worked at that place that let me work during chemo. I still keep in great contact with all those, those guys I worked with just because they supported me through a difficult part of my life. But I, I, I moved on because I, <laughs> there was, there were people at that job that I also didn't like. And then I got to a point where like, I don't know if you also saw this either, but you get to a point where you like, you just don't care what other people think about you either. Yes. <laughs> You're basically like, like, you know, I, I know what I need to do to make my life better. I know what I need to do to make myself happy. So I'm going to do that. And if, if you don't like it as an individual, you don't like me being happy, then I'm going to go find another place that does. So I got to a point where that happened and I just feel I do have plans, but I'm also living each day as if like, you know, if, if I spend a day being lazy, so be it. That's my day. Like that's, there's nobody out there telling me that I should do otherwise. And that should never be anyone's prerogative. You you shouldn't have people telling you what to do with your life. Your life is how you want it to be. So that's how I'm living each day. I'm, I, I got a new house immediately. I got a, I got a 1974 Dodge Charger. <laughs> like, oh, fun! I'm living, I love I'm, that like, car. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a midlife crisis. That's not really a crisis. It's it's just like I'm just doing things that boosts my serotonin level and makes me happy and smile and and have fun every day. So, yes, I remember that car. I'll date myself, but I do remember that car. And I think what you said about not caring about what other people think, I. Th- that is so important in life and you're lucky to have achieved it so young speaking from someone that it took a while to get to that point but i think that's yeah it's true just do what makes you happy and and day by day so but not to negate from having empathy for other people that are probably suffering way more than i have like 
I was, it's, it's weird to say it, but I was lucky to have the type of cancer I had. There's people out there that, you know, Max included, you have, you know, a lot of stars and just normal people that are, I have a friend that has a, a father that's diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And it sounds like it's a, a stamp on, you know, with the time date on it, but that really just should tell you like, even if your life is, is probably a little bit shorter, go out there and just enjoy each day of it, you know? Yeah. I, you know, I've survived breast cancer and thyroid cancer, and I was lucky in that what I had was very treatable as well. So, you know, it's, it's again, back to that topic of it being individualized in terms mm-hmm. of how you survive or what you have to do for treatment. So my, my last question I want to ask you about, Travis, is what advice would you have for any young man that has testicular cancer or might think that he has it? What, what advice would you give them? There's a lot of advice I could give. I think the most important ones are, one, ask as many freaking questions as you feel that you need to in order to get the full picture of what your life is going to be like for the next how many months, days, years, whatever, you know? Like whatever drugs they give you in in the hospital, whatever you know plans that they provide you to get through it, ask them why they thought of that. You know, your doctors are there for you; their resources for you. Your nurses are there for you. You're paying out the butt for all of that. Right. You have the right to ask for all of that information. You have the right to ask for you know scans that you have done. It's it's an investment on your your body. This is your vessel to get through. You know the next how many years you're you're, you're living. You know hopefully until you're past eighty, it's an investment into your body. So you should definitely pay close attention to it. And speaking of that, your body will tell you when something is wrong. If you have pains, if you have sores, if you have things that just seem out of the ordinary, listen to your body because it is telling you something. Okay. That's great advice for them, for any of us. So thanks so much for taking the time to join me today and just stay in touch. So Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm happy to help and provide any sort of insight that, you know, others out there might be going through the same thing. And I hope they get through it, stay strong. And your attitude's a big part of the healing process. So keep that in mind. That's a great way to end our program. So thanks, Travis. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thanks so much for joining me today on Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer from the Max Mallory Foundation. We have a website, and it's at maxmalloryfoundation.com, where you can learn more about testicular cancer, donate, and also send your ideas for guests on the podcast. And for spelling, Mallory is M-A-L-L-O-R-Y. Please join me next time for Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer. Thank you.